0: Before we start, if you or the people you're listening with will be offended by f**k, and fuck, well, it's probably best you turn this podcast off right now. Hello, I'm Cathy Burke and welcome to this dark corner of the podcast sphere where raven-filled skies breed a stench of hopelessness in the air, a place of eternal silence. Wait a second. I said silence. What's that noise? Oh, it's just an Irish priest muttering the last rites. How you doing, Father Connolly? Well, you know, I'm not too bad now, Kitty. I've had a lot of business, so life is good. That's wonderful to know, Father Connolly. (laughs) So, welcome to... Where there's a will, there's a wake As we hoover up the last crumbs of the funeral quiche, it's time to welcome our guests to this degenerative den. While some podcasts invite their guests for a bit of light-hearted chit-chat, this show asks our guests to plan their fantasy funeral. I mean, it's something that comes to us all, isn't it, Death? So why not plan for it now? And joining me today to tell us all about his fantasy funeral is the quite marvellous Stuart Lee. Stuart Lee.
1: Thank you for having me. What well, amazing place. I mean, the people probably can't see it, but I'm in a sort of goth's boudoir here. It's great.
0: Well, that's it, you see. I wanted the setup, even though no-one's going to see it, but it's very important for me to get into character. Yeah, no,
1: it's great. It's got all red roses draped. It looks like sort of where Edgar Allan Poe would have his birthday party or something. Yeah,
0: Yeah. very nice. Very gothic. Very goth. So how are you doing?
1: Great, I'm great. I've got a broken ankle, but that yes. suits this, doesn't it? Because actually, as I fell down the steps outside my house the other day and lay on the floor screaming for my daughter who couldn't hear me because she was watching an American sitcom at full volume, I thought, what if I just die now?
0: I, and then I thought, I've not made a plan. Uh-huh. What I
1: need is to be forced to do that by Kathy Burke, and well, I'll be all right. So there I've done you it go. now.
0: Good timing. Yeah, it's great. Good timing. So you've broken your ankle. Yeah. But you're doing some live gigs at the moment?
1: Yeah, I'm hopping about for 2 hours every night on one leg um, at Leicester Square Theatre till Christmas and then I'm on tour till April next year and then I'll put it away for 6 months and then I'll tour again till April 2024 and that's this current tour basically and then I'll write another one.
0: Um and this one's called Basically. Yeah. And is it I saw the marvelous Snowflake. Oh yeah. and Tornado. Right. which were available on BBC iPlayer. Yeah, heard. yeah. And uh, I thought they were terrific. Oh, thanks very much. Very yeah. good. Um, I mean, yeah, you are pretty hard call. You don't you don't hold back, Stuart.
1: No, well, you know, I mean, I think you've got to you got to be, you know. I think well, it's a lot. Li- it's a li- those are a live thing, you know. I, f- I don't I film at the end, but really they're a, they're a live event, and I think people like being in that kind of situation. But the, the new one. I've kind of tried to do the opposite. It's not It's not got a massive, uh, complicated concept, and it hasn't got a huge bit of stage design or whatever. So it's, a, I've, it's just more fun to mess around in it. I think people have... People are having such a bad time. I thought I should do something more like light entertainment. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do some comedy. (laughs) Yeah, rather than just
1: snagging them off for being (laughs) middle-class guardian readers for two hours. I felt like they deserved to be entertained properly. Oh, good for you.
0: Right, OK. So are you comfortable?
1: Yeah, great. With your
0: broken ankle? Yeah. So I've got something very important to tell you. Mm. Your days are numbered, Stuart. It's time to get cracking to plan your slap-up funeral. We've got three sections. First, we'll discuss your untimely death. Then it's off to the funeral. And then lastly, we'll chat about the will and the wake.
1: Okay. The death.
0: So, this isn't something that we can normally do as humans, which is something we'd all like to do, which is have control over our death. So, I'd like to ask you, Stuart Lee, how would you like to die? I bet all comics say this, but
1: at work, I'd like to be on stage doing a gig and just pass out and have a heart attack and be gone, bang, like that, like Tommy Cooper. I was thinking about this last night because I knew I was doing this. When I wait in the wings before I go on, 30 years ago, I'd have been, I been—I was nervous and sick all the time. Yeah. Now, as I wait in the wings to go on, when I know I've got a good show on the go, I feel as happy as I ever do. Right. I like the sound of the crowd waiting, and I know that for two and a half hours no one's going to make me do anything or ask me where their socks are or <laughs> do I know where their music book is or whatever. And uh, I haven't got to think about anything more than what's happening in that moment. Uh-huh. And I like the fact that it's a, a kind of holiday from being me as well. I'm able to be this other character for a bit more exaggerated, crazy version. So I'm at my happiest really when I'm when I'm working, I think. Uh-huh. And, uh, I thought that was, you know, it was obviously it's really sad when Tommy Cooper died, but those of us of a certain age who were comedy fans as kids the idea of you know him dying live on tv during a variety show yes with his feet sticking out from the curtain and,
0: and everyone everyone's f- still
1: thinking it was a joke
0: that's yeah. it everyone's yeah. still laughing
1: i mean what a great th- that would be the last thing he heard was loads of people laughing at him um, for what he'd done all his life
0: i never knew that sid james died on stage did he He died during a production of a terrible farce. Really? um, Theatre production. And, yeah, it was a really bad play, apparently. It was a venue that usually held two and a half thousand people. There were 400 people in. And he was in the middle of doing a bit of shtick, fell backwards on a chair... Everyone thought this was all part of it. It was probably the only laugh the show got.
1: Go, you're making it sound not very good dying no. on stage now. <laughs> well, that's you're in worse. the middle of a
0: fart. Fu- that sort of it, I think it's different dying on stage if you're a stand up comedian. It's yeah. just you.
1: I mean, you've made it sound sad that Sid James dying in a poorly received fart fu- <laughs> <laughs> in a quarter full room. Well, and maybe then, I have to, you know, I,
0: although, you well, you know no, what? I wouldn't is, mind that either. No, but this is your fantasy. Yeah, I wouldn't so, mind that. So, you know, you go the way you right, want to okay. go. So dying in the middle of a. A, a bad British farce. It, it, it just isn't going to happen.
1: No. Oh, yeah, I I'd like to be in about a 400 seat a room that's reasonably full. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, on a Tuesday night.
0: Is it Because a lot of your stuff is filmed, and then we all get the pleasure of seeing it at home. Yeah. Those of us that don't like going out, like me. Yeah. Um, so would you also want this to be filmed? Oh yeah,
1: I would want it to be filmed. Yeah. That's one of the great things about the Tommy Cooper one, isn't it? Uh-huh. Without sounding morbid, that you can find it on YouTube and you can see him going out at the height of his power. So yeah, I'd like it to be filmed.
0: Love it. so the conclusion will be televised.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'd love it to be I'd love it to be filmed.
0: But then if it's all film like like you got these things now memes. Mm. Would you like to forever be a
1: meme on Twitter? Yeah, I'd like to be a meme, yeah. And uh, the, any time you had to convey some feeling, it could show a short film of me dying.
0: Yes. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be really like, good, you know. My
1: business has failed, and there's a picture of me going... <laughs> <That's>...
0: oh! <laughs> <laughs> and who would be in the audience? Would there be anybody that you would really hope had booked to see you that night? <laughs> <laughs> Are you asking me?
1: Are there people that I would like to see me die? Yes. Yeah. Why? What particular people? Well, I don't no, know. I, I hope it's not. I hope there's no one that I particularly love there. I'd yes. rather it was strangers. Okay. But that seems weird, doesn't it? Because often people say they'd like to die quietly and surrounded by friends. But I'd like to die thing. loudly in front of strangers. In front of
0: strangers. Yeah. I suppose that's where where I was coming from. Really. Yeah. It's a good
1: question. I'd like to cause the maximum amount of laughter. With, uh, to the maximum amount of strangers.
0: Well, hopefully, if death. you're pulling the right facial expression, yeah, you know your facial expressions when you were doing. Uh, <laughs> I'm not allowed to say anything during. Oh, yeah. uh, was that during Snowflake? Yeah, that one. The
1: things you can't say.
0: Yes, that really. It quite reminded me of. Um, I don't know. There was. There used to be a sort of performer called Les Bub. Oh, Les Bub used yeah, put all the elastic bands around his face. I that said. was yeah, it. Yeah. That was it. Fucking hell! Because I was like why does he remind me these facial expressions yeah. and it, it was Les Bub with the elastic bands but without the elastic no, there bands. There were great acts
1: like that. I, I miss the early days of the circuit where there'd be one act on every bill where you think, what's the
0: point of that? <laughs> <laughs> Do
1: you remember the Iceman? Did you ever see him?
0: The used, Iceman? No. Nah. He used to melt ice. Oh, really? Yeah. And that was it? Yeah, it
1: was good, though. I liked it. Fuck could get away with He used to melt murder. ice whilst making puns about ice. You know, the, the comedy for me comes from the risk of embarrassment or the risk of something going wrong or whatever. He, he used to drink loads of um, this... What, like, it was supposed to be an impression of Ricky Gervais always stops and drinks beer uh-huh. from a lectin. Yes. It. So I found if I drank the beer quickly enough, I could at some point during that noise bit do an actual sort of sickening wretch that <laughs> would be like that you could feel had come from oh. right up. And people were really disgusted by the sound of it, but there was also the slight risk of just vomiting.
0: <laughs> and now, did you ever? Did you ever feel A little up? bit in my mouth, <laughs> but I didn't go on the stage or anything. Not, you know, I'm not a transgressive... Yes. It's lovely. It's, there's a nice freedom to it. Yeah, I don't know why, it just reminded me, of, I was out once in my days of going out and drinking, and um, I think it was after a show, and anyway, there was a big gang of us drinking and shouting and hollering and, uh, and I, I threw up I threw up on someone's pashmina and uh, Alan Rickman was there and oh, I yeah. was very embarrassed and I went oh god I'm so sorry I've just thrown up on somebody's pashmina and Rickman just said it's so free <laughs> don't worry it's just being free and uh, I always kept that very close to my heart you yeah. know
2: don't go anywhere we'll be back after this short break. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girl? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No.
0: So obviously a lot of people are gonna be very, very sad that you're no longer with us, Stuart. Um what would your obituary be? Where would you like it? And what publication? So I'd love to get
1: and be the first legitimate obituary in Viz, that'd be good. Maybe they'd do me the honour. <laughs> yes. London Review of Books as well, is the only paper I choose to advertise in. I find it really funny to only advertise in that <laughs> sort of joke. So maybe in there. And um and, and in the
0: Viz any particular is there a particular contributor to this? I'd like it to,
1: yeah, I'd like it to be drawn by uh, by Simon Donald. Yeah, I uh-huh. think, I think he did uh, Johnny Fart Pants. So maybe he could do it in the style of that. That'd be good.
0: Yeah. I think. Yeah, that, yeah, I think that sounds quite great. Yeah. Actually, and um, so now we get to one of those questions. Uh oh. Where you're looking back on your life, is there anything you wish you'd done differently?
1: Well, I was quite rude to my mum in uh, about in about 1984. I always regret that. Um, uh, I was uh, watching a documentary about The Doors with my girlfriend, and she came in and went, I'm sure Sue doesn't want to watch this, and I was sarcastic to her. And she was probably right. I don't think Sue did want to watch it. I was also really rude to Sue's parents about the same time. Her dad was the ethical chocolate buyer for Cadbury's in Birmingham. And one day we were listening to a record by the Four Brothers, this African band, back when it was a big deal, you know. Mm. You know when you couldn't get music from around the world and Peel had played some African single and found it somewhere and it was brilliant. The Four Brothers, Makorakoto by the Four Brothers. And uh, Sue's mum came in and went, oh, this music reminds me of when I used to go to Africa with Paul and the little boys would dance in the street. And because I was a sort of teenage anarchist, I went, did they? Did they dance for you? (laughs) And she went, I know what you're trying to say, that I'm some sort of colonialist. And we absolutely weren't. We were the ethical chocolate buyers. And I went, And then it haunted me for years. I felt so guilty about it. And then I saw them in Brighton once, Uh, about five years ago. And I... That I'm going to apologise, and I did. And yes. she said, well, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. That was relief. But in terms of like grand things, I think if, I probably would have been happier, but I wouldn't have had as much money if I'd been either an archaeologist or a jazz saxophonist. My sort of plan is when my daughters left school is to I like to go up to you know the north of Scotland and try and do get some qualification so I could be a guide around ancient sites or something. And then people will be going,
2: "Are you that bloke?" And I go, yeah.
1: well, yeah. You've put on a lot of weight <laughs> <laughs> over the years. I go, yeah. Look at this rock. Shut up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So if you go, if you go down a burial chamber in the Isle of Lewis or something in about twenty years' time, and you yeah. see a familiar-looking but decrepit guide, that'll be me, <laughs> hopefully.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed that your dream will come true. I hope so
1: yeah.
0: Uh, shut up. I'm just going to speak to our listener, if you don't mind now. Hello, ever wondered how the fuck someone becomes an undertaker? Well, join me on Six Feet Under, our bonus episodes, where I rifle through your stories and chat to our resident undertaker, Rue Callender.
2: Yeah, it it's happened sort of, to me last week. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, there was a, a pompous um, vicar who had a big slot, who had a two-hour <laughs> slot, big <laughs> slot.
0: <laughs> a pompous uh, vicar with a big slot. <laughs> <laughs> Get involved... Whack us an email on death at something else.com. There's no G in something. We'll get into what happens when you die a little bit later, but if you were reincarnated, I'd love to know. Animal vegetable or mineral.
1: Well, animal, without a doubt. <laughs> and I bet loads of people say this, but of a cat, definitely.
0: Oh, you'd like to come back as a cat? Oh, yeah. Why well, is that? Because of the nine lives? No, just they're just great, aren't they? They are, actually... I mean, I've
1: got three cats.
0: They just, man, no, it's great.
1: I like the fact that they uh, just do their own thing. Yes. They're, they're, they live in a symbiotic relationship with us in our houses, but they are essentially wild animals, and they they don't really f- come and make a fuss, you know. Mm. They, if they want you, they come over. If they don't, they go away. You can't control them. They are what they are. When they stretch out in the sun or, or are rubbing against something, you can see the f- absolute sheer physical joy of it. But similarly, they're not really clever enough to be troubled by existential dread or fear. or worry about, you know, how they're going to look after themselves or whatever. So it just seems absolutely ideal to me.
0: I've I've had cats over the years. I haven't got any pets at the moment. My first pet was Nobby. What kind of animal was that? Cat. Oh right, yeah. And then That's like a little old man if you don't mind. No, nobby. Some guy
1: you found in the street.
0: I know. Well I named him Nobby. I was about nine or ten and yeah. my dad thought this was too rude a name. Really? And so uh, insisted on calling him <laughs> Nobot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's worse because it draws your attention <laughs> to it. <laughs> that's it. And I say he's called Nobby, not Nob, Nob- I don't <laughs> like Nobby. It sounds rude. Nobert, Where's he from, your dad? <laughs> he was from Galway. Thought. Yeah. Maybe there were people called Nobbert in, uh, in Nobbert. Well, there <laughs> was Norbert. Say? Norbert is a name. So. Yeah, but yes. You had not called the cat Norbert? No, no. And I'd, I'd called him Nobby. Nobby Chops. Nobber. But <laughs> Nobbert was quite mad. He was a bit of a feral cat. I, I, if someone doesn't like cats, I think there's something wrong with them. Yes. And if they do
1: like dogs, I think there's something wrong with them. But like who would choose to take a dependent sort of sycophantic creature that into their lives that you'll then have to be responsible for every moment of the... I mean, what what's wrong with you that you need that level of, of validation from someone?
0: I really have the dog. Yeah. Why, have you got yeah. a dog? I did have a dog.
1: Oh, no. It's gone all terribly wrong now, this. Well, I've really, really well, insulted no, no, I take it back. No, I'm just trying to provide interesting content that will no, drive traffic I, through the podcast. Yeah,
0: but see, I was totally your way of thinking yeah. until I got a dog. She was amazing. She was called Shenanigans and she was a border Terrier and she had 10 glorious years. But I have to say, no disrespect to the cats, when all my cats pegged it I was very very upset but when my dog died I'd never known grief like it. It might have had something to do with it coinciding with me eating menopause <laughs> which was probably a, a major factor in the fact that I was incredibly sad for a long time. Yeah, I think when you get really upset about a pet
1: or yeah. a member of the royal family dying, yes. often you do, <laughs> you're transposing some other issue you've got onto that. When our first cat died, I was, I'm was i more upset than I've been about anything. Yeah, But I think it's because it coincided with the first 10 years of the kid's life. I took on loads of work because I'd suddenly got responsibilities that I'd never had. I used to be away touring all the time, and I'd get in late at night, and everyone was asleep except this black cat that would right. come and sit on me. And he was the only person I saw for days, you know, and, I, and he sort of got me through that whole period. Yeah. That cat, and watching Father Ted at two in the morning on DVD, you know, that was sort of what I remember about that whole period. Yeah. And so when he when he died, I felt like, oh, that's all kind of finished. And I was really traumatised. And also you've got a backlog of other deaths you've not dealt with, I think, like yes. your mum or whatever, that are there. Because you had to do... All the admin and, you know, you kind of steam through. And then yes. something like the death of your dog can trigger it all. Yes. Not, you know, you're not just distraught for your dog. Mm. You're distraught about the loss of your youth or all sorts of things. And I think probably my death on stage <laughs> will have that same effect on people. They won't be. They didn't know me, did they? Yeah, but yeah. But there'll be a lot of weeping in the streets. That's Because it. it'll trigger... Memories of when their cat died or something, (laughs) how upset they were about that. Well, it's
0: that thing they say about, it's sort of that communal grief, isn't it? But, yes, anyway, we've digressed. So you're you're a pussycat. You're coming back as a pussycat. Yeah, I'm coming
1: back as a cat, yeah. Back in your own home. Or, actually, an otter. Oh. Yeah, in fact. Who are very dog-like. Yeah. This is interesting. Well, my go-to animal at any zoo is an otter. Yeah. And I I rarely feel happier than when watching otters. Uh Uh-huh. And like they lie on their backs, they they toss little stones yes. between they have such good fun. They and, do. Uh, they're really cool and they can move around brilliantly both on land and in the water, which is what I aspire to. Right. To be, able to <laughs> be the master of both of those mediums.
0: And they hold hands, don't they? Yeah. They hold hands. A bit like I don't know why I've got onto this, but this is reminding me of remember a few years ago when my mate was round, we were watching a bit of telly and a documentary was coming on about walruses. And I said, oh, I fucking hate walruses. And I don't know where that came from because I've got nothing against the walrus no, not, at don't, all. No, I
1: doubt you've even encountered I one. I've never encountered a what walrus. What have they ever done to you?
0: But at the end of this documentary, I was in love with the walrus.
1: Mm. Have you seen the stuffed walrus in the Horniman Museum in South London? No. OK, well, in the 19th century, someone brought back a walrus skin. Yes. You know, so the taxidermist stuffed it not knowing that a walrus's skin is covered with loads and loads of folds of skin. Yes. The skin hangs down in folds everywhere. So the walrus in the whole museum, he just stuffed the whole thing. It's like a sort of barrage balloon with a little face, right? And they've often had to have a discussion about should they reduce that? is the purpose of the museum to reflect you know what's real, yes. Or does, on some level, a museum reflect the attitudes of the time or the misunderstandings of the time? Yeah, that's quite interesting now that everyone's trying to recalibrate around attitudes to other races and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, what do you do in museums? Do you kind of keep the 19th century racist commentary, or do you take it down, or do you qualify it? And I think you qualify it. Actually, uh-huh. it's interesting. But yeah, the biggest, the most inaccurately stuffed walrus is in is in the Horniman Museum in South London. I recommend that.
0: I, I'm going to go. That sounds
1: yeah. fascinating. That makes me wonder, actually, because one of your latest sections, what do you want to happen to your body? Yes. I now think I would like to be stuffed by whoever did that walrus. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: there's no saggy hanging bits. Yes, It's just like, it's this massive. is how he was meant to be. <laughs> I mean, he's fat, but he's yeah. really toned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no cellulite. <laughs> the Funeral Oh, here we go. Now we're already there, Mr. Lee. So, the big day's arrived. Everyone's here. Except you, of course, because you're dead. Yeah. And except me, because I don't do funerals. All right. Because basically, I just don't go out. I've yep. cut me off. Had enough of it. So, the Pearly Gates. Who would you like to meet you at the Pearly Gates?
1: Well, it's, I sent him into my mum, really. I'd like to meet my mum.
0: And tell me, are you up for telling me a little bit about your mum? Why she was so lovely? Well, I was adopted by
1: my mum, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I think she felt she had a uh, duty to, uh, you know, if you if you if I think if you're given a child rather than having it, you sometimes might feel almost an extra level of you've got to deliver on it. You know what I mean? And uh, mm. so she always went out of her way to sort of um, make sure that I could follow the interests that I had. You know, even when it wasn't particularly things that she was interested in. You know. I just I think like a lot of things, some of the people that really help you out, they die without you ever having had the chance to thank them properly. And mm-hmm. um, my another big person for me in my life was my English teacher at school. And I think lots of people end up writing for a living, in whatever capacity. There's normally one teacher, isn't it? That you know yeah. said, read this book or whatever. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on the syllabus, but you know read this or And he was that guy. And I'd heard that uh, Bob Mallowish. And when I knew he was on the way out, I. Made a point of going, and I thought, well, I will just say that for once, or just so that I can just clear the, yeah. clear the decks and say, thank you very much for that. change uh, changed my life, you know.
0: And what did he say? Who are you? I don't remember. He said, yeah. uh,
1: oh, he said, oh, I was a terrible teacher. I wasn't really interested in it. And then he went into the toilet. <laughs> but it was done. Anyway, so yeah, with my mum, I'd just like to say, you know, thanks for all that stuff
0: and we tend to show the horrible sides of ourselves to our parents yeah. more than then they they're the ones that get to witness yeah. just how repulsive we can be But well, i beings.
1: as a teenagers so I, yes. I find the mood swings of course, it makes it worse if you laugh. Of you course. Know. You probably know
0: more about this than anyone, having been famous for portraying exactly that. This, yeah. for our listeners, is uh, something uh, I, I used to... years ago. Yeah. Well, ne- nearly 30 is fucking years ago really? oh, now, right, okay. Stuart. Yeah. I mean, this is the problem, yes. And yeah. uh, it was a sketch show that I used to do with Harry Enfield and yeah, Paul yeah, Whitehouse, yeah. and we did a couple of characters called Kevin and Perry the Teenagers.
1: Yeah. And they would, and you know, you can sort of show you can show that to a teenager, and they don't recognise that as being a type, you know. Mm. Because obviously, when you're in the thick of it, well, I basically was like that until I was about thirty-five. I think. Yeah, that's the tragedy <laughs> of my <me>. life. <laughs> just awful person.
0: And know. so, when you see your lovely mum again, are you also going to apologise to her for that time I back in nineteen eighty-five? I can think of. Yeah. Ah, yeah, I'm sure your Mum would be extremely proud well, of so. everything that you've yeah. done. You're having a little chat with mum at the pearly gates, and while you're doing that, everybody else is at the funeral. How is your dead body going to get to the funeral? Do you want a horse and carriage, like an old cockney? Or would you like a just normal hearse? Or what about, as we were talking about our dear departed Queenie, would you like a gun carriage?
1: I, I love going up to Orkney because of all the burial chambers and stone circles and stuff, and one thing they found there something called Banks's Tomb where it it appears that what used to happen there 5,000 years ago, although I suspect there may be an element of marketing in this, is that they call it the tomb of the otters. Right. Right. And they think that the bodies were put in this chamber, but it's by the sea, Mm. and there were little holes where the sea otters could get in. Uh The idea being that the sea otters would come in and eat the carrion of the body, and then so then they'd probably worship the otters or something. Yeah. yeah. So if that could be arranged, if I could be left... For my corpse to be eaten by sea otters, I would be up for that, and that that would be a funeral in itself, wouldn't it?
0: Well, I suppose as well it depends. No disrespect, but how big is the old the cave? Will we be able to get you in there, Stuart? Oh yeah, you can open. You can you can get in. Oh, you can. Yeah, but then you then you seal that, oh. and
1: then your little otters go in through little spaces are oh, made for them. I yeah. see.
0: And could other, well, other creatures could get in as well, couldn't they? Yes, rats. Just, yeah, it's, rats. <laughs> it's not as nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get, up with such a nice image. The otters, <laughs> it's all very in lovely hat. in Disney and then you've got your rats. You <laughs> well, know, the
1: idea of an otter with its little feet holding a bit of my bones and nibbling away at it. <laughs> It'd look nice, wouldn't it? I mean, the very, idea of a yeah, rat yeah. sort of gouging my eye out yeah. and, and, you know, well, flies and stuff, it seems. Oh, there would be loads of flies. <laughs> you know i yeah. entertained that idea. <laughs> Since I first went there about 10, I thought, that's what I want. Yeah, now yeah. Now you've put me off it in the space of seconds. <laughs> you've brought the past taste of reality. Well, you said, what if other animals, seagulls and stuff. Get
0: oh, in. yeah, oh well, the seagulls would be there before the otters, mate. You know what they like? You've got a bag of chips in your hand walking down the road, the seagulls yeah. got them.
1: Yeah, that's what it'd be like. You're so... right, I'd be the equivalent of that.
0: Well it's well let's let's, listen. No, come on. Let's keep this is a fantasy, so let's keep it romantic. The only creatures that can physically get in there are the otters. Okay, well that's all right then.
1: Yeah. I would like to be I'd like to be eaten by otters in my funeral. But people don't have to wait till that's done. Yes. They can set it in progress and then have to keep looking in to see if it's been fully digested or whatever.
0: Oh yeah. So you wouldn't want your family visiting there? So there's got to be some place, some sort of mark for you, though, uh, whether it be a tombstone or, or a plaque. OK, well, I've got three places in in play for
1: that. Go on, then. Well, sensibly, I should probably... I'm, I'm the last of the line, you know, in our family, and my mum's in a cemetery in Birmingham, and I sort of think I should probably be there so that at least my kids might go and see me and then they'll see the others as well. Mm. Right. I don't know about that. Um, but if I could but what I'd really like to do is again talk about Orkney there's a island called uh, Papa Westray you have to get on a six seat little plane to get to it and then off the coast of there there's another little island called How of Papi, and you have to get a little motorboat to get there mm. and in the middle of that little island there's a burial chamber about 5,000 years old where you have to drop down a ladder into it and I think <laughs> and to get across to it all the seals follow you as you go in the boat right it's beautiful And I think if I could put my ashes in there, then it'd be great because the actual job of doing that, putting them there, which I expect would be your kids and your partner, Mm. it'd be quite a nice journey for them Uh to go to the edge of known Britain. That's it. And chuck a dust down into this hole, I think would be great.
0: And very sort of like because you've 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 sort of touched upon the idea that you're not very sociable. No. So yeah. even in death, you're trying to make sure you're just not bothered by anyone. Nowhere near another fucking living human being. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't get more isolated, really.
1: Yeah, but it'd be. I think it'd be great though as well because I think it'd be. Um, what would happen is people that visit the other island. Someone might go, you know, there's um, some comedians <laughs> put his ashes over there. Oh yeah, what's his name, Stuart Lee? Oh, I've not heard of him. Was he? <laughs> what was he on TV? A bit, yeah. Uh, well, mm-hmm. won't well, go over there. We won't bother. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I think again talking to you, that's I think that's that sold me on that actually. Yeah. That's what I want. I've, you've put me off being eaten by otters but you've made me think that actually being put in a hole on an island
0: accompanied like, by seals yeah what what is the atmosphere do you think people are going to be wailing are they going to be sad what what do you think's going to go
1: on i hope they're not sad i think funerals can be really joyous and um so i'd hope it would be really good fun and uh, if i get the right people to talk you know will be
0: so yeah. well, that leads me on to the eulogy. So, who would you love to do your eulogy? Well, I'd ask the comedian Simon
1: Munnery. He's not, he's not, you know, my bestest best friend. He's a mm-hmm. great friend. I'm a I huge admirer of him, but I know he's the wittiest person that I know, and he would be at, at my wedding, for example. Simon, he's sort of, he's a, he's one of the pioneers of alternative comedy. He's a great mm-hmm. experimental comedian. He's a you know, he's never going to be a household name, but he's one of the greatest comics this country ever produced. For years afterwards, people were going, "What happened, that man, at your funeral, he yeah. so
0: funny,"
1: <laughs> and he'd just drop in and to these, you know. So, and I think he'd just do it absolutely brilliantly. He'd, he'd write something really, really great, and he'd be—he um, knows me well enough as well to be really abusive about me in quite a funny way.
0: Which is always what you want. That's a sign of good friendship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. when people can be honest. Well, I think we actually do have. Mr Mullery's eulogy
2: for you I remember Stuart Lee back in the old days sprawled across the floor backstage at Jackson's Lane smashed out of his skull after downing half a baby sham The compere out of kindness poured the other half of the tiny bottle over his head and woke him from his stupor have I been on, he said. Yes, said the compere How did it go? How did it go? How did it go? It was unspeakably awful, said the compere but marginally better than the last time. Of course, he wasn't Stuart Lee back in those days. All acts on the circuit had false names for social security reasons, and Stuart was no exception. Hello, my name's no exception, he used to begin, and it was downhill from then on. In fact, Stuart was unique among acts in that he used to change his name after every performance. It was the only way he could get work. His act itself was not memorable. Indeed, he couldn't remember it. He had it written out longhand on the sleeves of his blouse. But basically, it was a series of mumbled platitudes interspersed with ferocious winking. And towards the end, he would say... Do you want to see my tiny acorns? Do you want to see my tiny acorns? And then from one of his special pockets, he would get out two tiny acorns and show them to the audience, and then put them back in the pocket with an air of unimpeachable smugness. Now, he'd say, unzipping his flies, who wants to see my giant oak? Those were the days. Thank God they're over.
1: Well, that's very much as I thought it would be, and it's good to uh, have that in the bag.
0: That's it; we can tick that one yeah. off. The
2: will and the wake.
0: The will and the wake. So, you've been laid to rest, but what's happening now? You're gone. What's the wake going to be? Let's talk about the wake first. So, wow. well, we've already sort of touched on you. You want you want with the funeral? You want yeah. it to be good fun? Yeah. Well, I'd like to have it
1: at the Mildmay Club on Newington Green for uh, two weeks re- one I filmed um comedy vehicle there uh, two it's an old working men's club from the 19th century it's got a really good vibe there it was also the HQ in 1907 of the uh, stand-up comedian strike basically I put a lot of money behind the bar I want stuff like I don't want fancy food for now I want scotch eggs yes pork pies uh-huh. the, the most sophisticated thing I want to eat is a f- foul curry really really hot curry that people can have to the right. point of like, hospitalisation level but just 70s 70s wake food, you know what I mean? What they I mean,
0: used to call a good spread.
1: A good spread, yeah. A good spread. Then I want um, some DJs, that'll be uh, Paul Putner, the comedy actor. Oh yes. Who, uh, he's really good at DJing like Scar and Old Punk and stuff. I've got a playlist they can have and I want some bands on, uh, Blues Water and Kevin Eldon's Old Punk band that he's still got together from the 70s. I think that'll be really, really great.
0: That sounds fabulous.
1: Basically what I would have done for my 50th if I hadn't been in the throes of Self-loathing and depression and oh. anxiety. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'll give everyone a, what a, I should have done. A
0: good party. Yeah, yeah. Really And it'd be better
1: because I'm not there. Yes, The idea of being the centre of attention at a party yeah. really stresses me out. I can't uh-huh. cope with it. But the idea of having a party in your name where everyone gets to do what you would have wanted but you're not there.
0: Yes. That's perfect really. It does sound perfect. Yeah. You know, know a, what I mean, don't you? I do. I was going to exactly say, I, mean. uh, I do know exactly what you mean. I'm the same because I'm quite miserable at a party mm. now. I, I directed a job last year in Ireland and I didn't even go to the rap party. And one of us said, why aren't you coming to the rap party? And I said, because I'm a miserable old cunt. Mm. And he said, well, we know that, but why aren't you coming to the rap party? <laughs> That's <laughs> and it, really- I mean, it's really because I can't... I can't focus. Yeah. Yeah, I've got... I, you know what? It's
1: also after... I don't know about you, but after COVID, I got out of the habit of just meeting people.
0: Yeah. I used to go to a lot of things on my own when I was younger. And what stopped all that, I think, looking back, was suddenly getting well-known. Yeah,
1: you have to have someone with you.
0: Yeah, and then you fucking have to have someone with you. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's it can be a little bit awkward. Yeah. You know, you need, a, you need a buffer, you know. And, um... So it sort of stopped a lot of my enjoyment.
1: Yeah, well, I've managed to stay just enough under the radar (laughs) to be able to largely. Well, now, this is a
0: good thing now because it's sort of 20 years since I've officially been an actor and the younger generation don't really know who I am. But also, now that I am older, knocking 60, I don't mind it now if someone says hello to me in the street. I will say hello back gladly. You know what? I I completely changed about that under lockdown, Mm. right? when I'd be
1: wandering about on our permitted walks and people would come up and say, I've been watching loads of you on YouTube, it's really cheered me up, you kept me going. And I thought, wow, it's an important thing for people. Of course. And now I try and talk to everyone and I remember what a big deal it is. And actually your little film that I watched the other day again about you meeting The Clash as a kid reminded me how inspiring it can be Oh, this sounds like a weird humble brag. It made me realise how inspiring it must be for people when they meet me, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I send them off with a cheery memory. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It is I a, big do. Deal, isn't
0: it? I do. a big deal. I do. It's yeah. sort of. It takes little effort to basically. It makes someone's day if yeah. you just have a little chat back. It only yeah. takes two minutes.
1: Yeah, I like to talk for them. For so long that they, <laughs> they want to go.
0: They like, go, all right, Stuart, nice to yeah, see yeah, you. Yeah, I better go. go. I've got a <laughs> life. <laughs> got a life to lead. Yeah.
2: Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this short break.
0: So, we know you don't really believe in much happening after death, except you're just back in the ground. But is there anyone you fancy haunting?
1: I don't believe in ghosts, but I've seen three ghosts.
0: Oh, right. (laughs) Okay.
1: Um, How does that work? Well, it means that I experienced visual or physical uh, hallucinations, Uh I think, that were... To, that took the form of super, of what we, other people would call supernatural activity. So someone else who believed in ghosts would think, I've seen a ghost. I think, well, it looked look a ghost, but it can't be. So I had a mad moment. Right. I've seen, um, I, I went to uh, Paris with, when I, when our son was little with my wife. And I said, you've got to go and see Napoleon's tomb. It's hilarious. He's so arrogant. It's one of the funniest things. Like it's a character study of a nutcase. Uh-huh. But um, she went, well, I'll wait outside with the kid in the pram and then I'll come in after, we'll swap it round. Right? Mm. You, see, so you walk across the, this Les Invalides, you walk along this long flat marble thing and then you, so I was looking over the edge of it and somebody, I was looking over the edge laughing at Napoleon's yeah. tool on my own. <laughs> somebody put their finger through the hook of my jeans at the back and hoiked me up like that and I went, whoa! And I thought, well that's Bridget, she's coming she's mucking about. Yes. So I sort of didn't look for about ten seconds, I did that funny thing of ignoring
2: it. Yes.
1: And then I looked round and there was not a soul in the building.
0: Oh!
2: And then I
1: came outside, and she went. What's happened to you? You Look like you've seen a ghost. So yeah. Went, you weren't in there, pretending to push me over. She went no, and she's into all this stuff. Yeah. She said she's Irish. Yeah, yeah. She said that Napoleon had done it. So that happened. I uh, so I've been pushed. Tro- Napoleon has tried to push me over. Well, it all
0: makes sense to me what what the lovely Bridget is mm. saying because you said it it's quite low down, and he was he was little. He was small, yeah. So he didn't go
1: for my shoulders. So
0: he didn't go for your shoulders. He, he went for <laughs> <laughs> Called you up by the bottom of your jeans. Yeah, so
1: that happened. Then another time, this sounds like I'm obsessed with my mum, but and my mum was in a coma the last couple of weeks and I had to, and I was on tour and it's, I had to come off tour. Mm. And uh, then my promoter just gently said to me after she's died, he said, Look, I know you've got loads to sort out, but. You need to get back on the road otherwise you're going to accrue more cancellation fees than you make from the tour you know uh-huh. you're gonna you know so i went and did wolverhampton that was the first one i did
2: yes. then i went
1: to sell i always sell my stuff afterwards i'm self i'm a self-operating right character <laughs> i was so I was sitting in the foyer of wolverhampton civic at my little desk selling my stuff uh, and then my mum was in the like by the queue in a brown puffer coat holding a handbag in front of her going like that i go hello and i went oh yeah i'll just do this you know i might even have said it yeah you know and then about 10 seconds later, i went hang on she's been dead like two weeks but again that's my brain allowing me to get back to work uh-huh. you know so in terms of who i would haunt there's not anyone i i, I mean i might i might I might be amusing to haunt my children because at the moment, the thing that they hate about me is they hate um, me coughing, burps, <laughs> farts, yeah. smells. And I would like to um, haunt them in the form of smells and farts and burps and things.
2: And they and would definitely know it's you. and
1: breathing. And they, hate my, they hate my breathing at the moment. Yes. So I think that would be quite cute for them.
2: That would not, be like, me,
1: not menacing, but just they'd go, oh, Have you left something? There's this dog shattering me or something. they go, <laughs> So I think that would get them back as well because I can't stand it. I'm just sitting somewhere and they'll come in and go,
0: Like, What is it? And they go, You're going, okay.
1: <laughs> and I'm just like breathing, watching TV or something. And they go, Have you eaten some sausages? Oh, uh! So I'd like to. Create the smells of half-digested meat and fo- So, yeah, I'd like to hang around. I'd like to hang around literally, like the proverbial bad smell. And I will appear in that form when they're distraught to comfort them.
0: And they'll know know
1: that I'm with them.
0: A bit of old skinless ritual sausages wafting out of your arsehole. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They'll go, oh, Dad's here, that's
1: good. Yeah, <laughs> he's
0: watching over us in his own way. <laughs> Beautiful. I read somewhere about you that you're you're a hoarder. Well, we were all hoarders then, weren't we, our generation?
1: Because if you liked music or books mm. or comics, you had to keep them. So I've got loads of stuff, and it's hard to dispose of that. Mm. We thought we were building up some sort of archive yes. which would outlast us. <laughs> and we, I think it, it, all men of my generation have this imaginary person who's going to come round. Probably, like, I probably imagine them being played by Mark Gatiss. All right. And this man comes <laughs> round and he goes, you have amassed a very impressive collection. <laughs> that feeling of our generation, of, yes. you know, like... Trying to find a thing and then you get get now. They're not your grave goods. You're not being buried with them like an Anglo Saxon king. Understood but maybe
0: that. that's quite a nice thing though, Maybe That's a nice idea, you know. That if you just had everything just bunged on a on a Viking boat yeah. and burnt. Yeah, that know. would
1: be good actually. That's that's an idea that I didn't have when I come in here that I've gone away with. Like a Viking barge. But and, I But then you I've, could
0: also bring in Going up to the place in Orkney yeah. yeah. with the seals. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That If, if it's on a Viking boat yeah. as well, I, I think I think that'd be quite brilliant. Well, that's, it's really come together, this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm really felt excited about it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've lost the will to live, but for a good reason. It's making me look forward to being dead. <laughs> Apart from the fact that I won't be there. It sounds and, like it's going to be great.
0: Um, no, but yeah. this is this is the point of this show, you see. Is well, it's um, worked already.
1: It's not yeah. any point doing any more, really. No, no,
0: no. <laughs> that's it. Would you like to know when you're going to die? Because I've got the power to find out when that's going to happen, actually.
1: All right. So... Oh, really, have you worked it out? Yeah. Oh, i just
0: got to get that. Where's my calculator? Hang on. The 17th of August, 2031. Wow. Uh, That's only nine years' time. (laughs) <laughs>
1: it's a bit depressing. 63? <laughs> I was hoping for a bit more. Mind you, that's
0: like three more tours. That's why six hours of material. We mm. manage that. But what it actually is, Stuart, right. is lovely Bridget's 60th birthday. Oh, God. And it won't be the day of your death, what darling. Relief. What but relief. But don't forget, it will be the missus's birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And quite a big one. Well, it's
1: obviously important because I just forgot that when you brought <laughs> yeah. that up. There.
0: <laughs> Nearly had an article. I know, yeah, yeah.
1: i would have died now.
0: Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing. Where there's a will, Thanks there's a wake with us.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's the the problem. He's is going. Everything.
0: He's started. going. You know, He's going. On social media. He's gone. You've been listening to Where There's a Will, There's a Wake with me, Cathy Burke. My producer goddess for this episode is Jemima Rathbone. The executive producer is Ollie Wilson. Sound and video engineering by Gulliver Tickle, Teddy Riley. Production coordinator is Archon Mohale. Marketing by Abby Brock. Additional production and development from Chris Skinner and Dan Cocker. Original music written and performed by Jonathan Rathbone. Format by Ollie Wilson.